Next on BYUSN, another big win for men's hoops. Our top takeaways from it, including Jackson Robinson's injury, the debut of Dawson Baker, and when we might see Marcus Adams Jr. Plus, Joe Lenardi moves BYU up a seed line. Former BYU and current LA Rams receiver Puka Nakua gives us an inside look into his rookie season in the NFL, what his welcome to the league moment was, and what it's like to learn from Cooper Cup. Plus, the incredible story of Kaylee Smiler getting hurt, leading BYU women's hoops to a comeback win, and why she felt like she had to return to the game after needing her head staple. Incredible story and an emotional one for her. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans. Where? Everywhere. It is Monday, December 18th. I am Jerem Jordan. He is new Big 12 Conference Ward Clerk, Jason Shepard. <laughs> Look. We found out that BYU has led the 2024 new... Let me rephrase that. The rest of the world found out that BYU leads the new 2024 Big 12 in average attendance this past season. Thank you, uh, Iowa State AD yes, Jamie Pollard. Yes, as the, as the official conference ward clerk, I've known this for a while. As I yeah, go up yeah. and down... The stands that would be funny. and You're count a each and every busy person yeah. on the radio broadcast. But that'd be funny if you just by hand. I'm like walking around with one of those little, those little like notepads and just check like one, doing you know like the mouth counting, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Look, there's a technique to here's, that. Here's let me tell you. When it comes to attendance numbers, today. you're not beating us. No, we've been P5 on that level forever. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. So we're gonna. Banner, T-shirt, hang Let's a go. banner is what I like. Say. Anything positive like this, I'm that. gonna just jump on. Yeah, like nobody's business. Yeah. Listen, when you go five and seven, you look for the positive somewhere. And uh, attendance, baby, <laughs> let's go. Uh, by the way, signing day this Wednesday. Tune into BYU Sports Nation for the latest and greatest on who BYU signing out of high school transfers, the whole deal. We got you covered on that. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. And there's a career best twenty. Saunders. Low to a tiki, another hammer. Good by Richie Saunders. He takes it coast to coast. To Dallin Hall for three, and that's good. For BYU goes to 10 and 1. Get excited. What's trending is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Cougars now 10 and 1 after a 86-54 win against Georgia State. Shep, what were your biggest takeaways from BYU's 32-point win over the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I expected a blowout. That's exactly what we got. And, you know, like that's, that's basically what we've come to expect in non-conference at home, certainly. And quite frankly, it's happened in the neutral side games. We, we know the only loss is the only game where it hasn't been like that. Um, so nothing really happened in terms of in from that score or the way the game played out in terms of what I thought. That's exactly what I expected. But, man, there was a lot that happened in this game. And, mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, like one of the biggest things that happened was not necessarily a good thing. We hope it's nothing serious. But when Jackson Robinson went down and was hobbling around and had to leave, that was a pretty scary moment, knowing exactly what he has meant to the team. I guess certainly the good news is, and, and Spencer was talking about it on the broadcast, he never actually went into the locker room, kind of just went into the tunnel and was trying to walk things around. Yeah. He always stayed in the huddle, which was certainly a good sign. So you, you hope that it's nothing serious. Um, but honestly, that was one of my biggest takeaways was how, how hurt is that ankle for Jackson Robinson? 
That that was really the first thing that I thought of. Rob Ramos, the athletic trainer, longtime athletic trainer with the BYU men's basketball. He did not look overly concerned yeah. in those images we just showed you in yeah. the video. Um, so yeah, hopefully um, it's just a you know just slight turn, a little bit of a sprain maybe because the sprain is a partial tear of ligaments, right? Hopefully he's okay. And listen, if you have to miss a game or two, now's the time. Uh, Bellerman coming in out of the A Sun. Wyoming coming in out of the Mountain West. Those are two games that at home you feel like, okay, if you don't have Jackson Robinson, you're going to be just fine. Uh, but when you play Cincinnati on January 6th and you go to Baylor on Tuesday, January 9th, you want to be full bore in your leading score and your number one NBA prospect right now yeah. is Jackson Robinson. Uh, so you certainly hope that he is okay. Didn't look like, like I'm no doctor, right, but I play really? on TV. But, um, yeah, I do have a Ph.D. in BYU Sportsology. But if, if BYU is Jackson Robinson, uh, that his ankle looks like that didn't look like a crazy high ankle sprain that would be four to six weeks, and you need the tightrope surgery and the whole day. Didn't look like that kind yeah. of ankle turn, um, in my unprofessional opinion. But uh, hopefully he's all right. But it was, it was exciting because we, we saw some stuff like BYU did what it, what it does. It made threes, 15 made threes. That ties the most this season. BYU's done that thrice. 38 threes is again in the top seven in BYU history. They continue to shoot the three really well. Uh, rebounded well, that's what they do. Um, you know, bench points, incredible. Another 35 spot, which is under their average of 40 and a half. I think that's BYU's superpower when it comes to the Big 12 is they have one of the benches, best benches in the country. They can match up with some of these good teams' second unit. Um, good to see Trevin now make a couple shots, by the way. Missed his first three. That was an 0 of 10 streak for him, which is crazy. And then he makes three of his next four. Trevor Nail is tremendous. Of course, Richie Summers. Yes. Of course, uh, Ali Khalifa making a three. It, it was good. There's a lot to break down within this. So we talked about Jackson Robinson's injury. Let's talk about Dawson Baker, yeah. who came in for the first time in a BYU uniform. What did you make of his debut? I had no expectations for Dawson Baker. The only thing I wanted to see is to see him healthy enough that he could see some playing time. So I was, I was fine just seeing him play. Anything that he did was, was gravy to me. And then the fact that he came in and looked really good. And we know what type of player he was. We knew the type of player that BYU was getting with him coming in when he transferred in. And then to see him in limited minutes be able to come out and he scored six points and he looked like he was, was in command of what he wanted to do and there was nothing that was bothering him from an injury standpoint. That, to me, was the best news of all. Anything that he gave BYU, to me, was, was not important. But the fact that he did, I, I think it just made the situation even better. Being able to add a player of his caliber basically – Halfway through the season, or or a quarter a of the yeah third of the way through, mm -hmm. that's pretty that's pretty big for a team that is playing as well as BYU is right now. And it's wild because remember, there's no foose. You almost right. forget. Yeah. And then the, the the highest ranked recruit on the roster hasn't even played yet, and Marcus Adams Jr. Like th this kid is super talented. Excited to see him play. Perhaps we'll see him Friday. No indication quite yet, but I would guess we're going to see him Friday. We thought we might see him against Georgia State. We did not. Yeah, Baker, uh, Dawson had limited minutes, like you said, nine minutes played. Mark Pope said, yeah, probably a few more minutes than I was anticipating. Dawson told Spencer after the game, hey, my foot's a little sore. Mm -hmm. But we saw what he could do. We just yeah. got a taste. Like, you walk by that uh, Costco aisle, they got the little samples of something. Mm -hmm. You're like, I wasn't going to buy that, but I might now. And I think we're all buying like, hey, I want to see a little more Dawson Baker. And we'll get into this in the next couple of days. But 
the rotation can only be so big. So it'll be interesting to what see what BYU does with this. But uh, yeah, his he had one play where you could see his handle a little hezzy, mm-hmm. got into the lane, Atiki on the assist with the little land there. It's like okay, little mid range from Dawson. Uh, he gets to the line a lot. He was top 300 in the country last year in that 15 a game at UC Irvine. So I'm excited. Uh, and BYU again is not the full BYU quite yet, and we may not see the full BYU until March, frankly, because it's going to take a sec for Foose to get back in. We've got Dawson Baker. Uh, getting back into it uh, with the foot injury. And then, of course, Marcus Adams Jr. I'm going to give him like four to six weeks to really get into it. So look at the rotation right now. You've got the starting five, and then you've got kind of the next four and five, and then you got uh, Dawson Baker and Marcus Adams getting into the mix. So you got 12 guys that you're, you want to find minutes for, um, and we'll see how it's this – It's a good problem to have. It's a great problem. My, the, the only con with this is it's going really well. You're going to have to mess with it going a li- really well a little bit. The hope is that it's all value added. Whoever comes in adds. They don't take away from something. But there is a risk that, eh, so-and-so is affected negatively by a few fewer minutes, fewer shots. Can everyone's ego kind of handle this? I get the sense that this team can, but you will have to go through that in the coming weeks. But week. there's already been a precedent set with change in the middle of the season, and BYU essentially not skipping a beat. When you lost Foose and then you inserted Ali Khalifa, BYU continued to win. So there is a precedent set that they've been able to find things. Now, sure, one guy to, different than three. Yes. Yeah. So, but I, I look, like I said, I think it's a great problem to have. One thing I want to touch on, and you were talking about the bench and how good BYU's bench has We've been. We buried this, the lead here. Yeah. Richie Saunders. Richie Saunders. Richie Saunders is not getting talked about enough. Then, then with, let's do it. With what he's doing. Coming off a career high, yeah. 20 points. And and how many times have we said that this year? There are a lot of guys mm-hmm. that have had Spencer Johnson, career Fraser highs State, this year. Jackson Robinson, two or three games this year. Yeah. What Richie does, Rich, first of all, he's a he's an instant energy guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of those guys that the opposition, when they see him get on the floor, like, oh, no. Who's this dude with that? This, this, no. <laughs> like, we got to deal with this guy because he's, he's, he'll never quit. Yep. He's 100 miles per hour all the time. Yep. And he's skilled on top of it. He can score yes. in many different ways. He can, he can hit from the mid-range. He can shoot the three. He certainly can drive and put pressure on a defense inside. He finishes well. Yeah. Him with he's, he, we're not talking enough about Richie Saunders. He does a great job, man. And uh, he got 20 points, new career high. He got that late in the game. They were really pushed for it. He had a couple of open looks. But uh, he's, he's one of a bunch of guys that now have a career high of 20 or more, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's one of three teams in D1 to have nine or more players with career highs of 20-plus points. That's courtesy of Tyson Jacks, BYU's men's basketball director of communications. The idea of any one of you could go off, and a lot of teams say that. They don't actually do it. This team, it happens. Somebody going for 20 on a given night. And, uh, you know, if you had said at the beginning of the year, yeah, hey, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy are all going to go 20-plus. I'd go, wow. That, again, BYU's superpower right now, to me, uh, like shooting a lot of threes is not a superpower. That's just the thing you do. you got to make them. Yep. BYU's making them. Um, number one in makes and takes in the country. That's my favorite stat with all the stats around BYU. Better than net, number four right now. Better than Ken Palm, number five. It's that you take and make a bunch of threes because that's the point of the church gym. <laughs> that is the point of the gym and the churches. If BYU's not going to be number one in that category, what's the point of the, the gym and the churches? 
It ain't the Christmas dinner, especially when there's only like one side of the table with the food. You got to go double-sided, by the way. Go yeah, du- yeah, you go got double-sided. To. Be efficient. Yeah. Uh, Richie Saunders, awesome. And that is good news because guess what? BYU's playing only three games in the next 23 days. What are the pros and cons of that right now? Well, the pro, the biggest pro right now is what we talked about to kind of lead off the segment, talking about Jackson Robinson. It gives Jackson Robinson time, depending on the severity of the ankle injury, to, to hopefully get back to as, as close to 100% as he was before. Yeah. But overall, you know, it gives Dawson Baker a chance for more practice time. It gives, and maybe the person that can benefit the most from more practice time is Marcus Adams Jr. Amen. He's he's practiced a couple of times. Yes. So so that is a that is a plus. On the other injury front, three games in 23 days. It it hopefully gives you a little bit more time for Foose to be closer to being ready. And we, and we don't really know where that stands. I know we're all hoping that he's going to be ready for. You know, we would love for the Cincinnati game, maybe for Baylor. But shortly after conference play, I think everybody hopes he's back. And you can start to see what this team is, at, at what we thought it was going to be from day one. So that's, that's the benefit. The, the negative is if you're, if you're one of those guys that it's all about momentum and you want to keep playing and when things are going well, you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to put the brakes on. So that's probably the, the biggest con to the whole thing is that you're playing well right now. You, you probably want to just keep playing. Yeah, amen. Uh, if BYU could start conference play right now, I think it would be better than having to wait uh, like they're g- going to. But it's the holidays. Everyone gears down just a touch there. By the way, the AP poll is out. BYU up a spot to number 17. I thought they might be 15 or 16, but uh, we'll take 17, which is uh, awesome. Okay, the only real outlier here is that Andy Katz has BYU at number three, 33 in the, his top 36. Why does he hate BYU? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He doesn't hear me. is four in net, five in Ken Palm, 12 in uh, ESPN's Basketball Power Index, or BPI. KPI is a metric used by the committee, 14. Strength of record is 28. AP polls, 17. And then there's Andy Katz, 33. Uh, Andy's what, not impressed. Why, why does he have a BYU at 33? Now, perhaps uh, – now, the argument against BYU is the following. Okay, yes, I saw the San Diego State win. Nice. But you don't have another top 50 win there, right? NC State – uh, just outside of that, as of Saturday night, I need to look this morning. But uh, Arizona State is kind of top 100. Evansville, you didn't win your one true road game. So maybe he's a, just a little wait and see compared to a lot he of is the, the other outlier. metrics. Yes. And again, that's an opinion poll. The, the two that are opinions are Andy Katz in his top 36, and then the AP poll is 17. But I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not too riled up about this. Because once BYU gets into Big 12 play, we'll really, really know what we're looking at with BYU. I, I've said I need to see him play nine games in Big 12 before I have a full assessment of what this team is. Right now, I'm very excited about it. Uh, and BYU's done well against the competition it has faced. And it's crazy efficient, and they're blowing out fools. They're 9-2 and two against the spread, by the way. Like, they are covering, and they're playing great and efficient. So it's exciting. There's nothing to not be excited about right now. Hopefully Jackson Robinson's ankle is okay. Yeah, I, I'm not overly – yeah, I'm not, like, you know, hurt or – Yeah, there's no outrage that he has BYU at number 33. Because <laughs> oh, you no, said, we're not ranked high enough. Yeah, yeah. Not ranked at all. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, but like you said, his is an opinion. The other things yeah. are more analytical metrics, yes. taking in formulas and whatnot. Yeah. So it's all done in a lab, I believe. There's a lab. There's, there's one lab. Hook them up with Bunsen <laughs> burners and beakers and everything. But, look, where BYU is now, it's a good place to be. Yeah. BYU BYU is going to go into conference play with one loss, and wild. It's it's pretty crazy to think, and and they've they've earned that. They they are not just 
winning games, they're they're beating teams yeah. badly, and they're they're putting teams away early, and you're gonna get people's attention regardless of your opponent if you're doing that consistently. You may do that once or twice, and then you can say, okay, well, that was just once or twice. Yeah. When you're doing it literally every game, then, then that, that means something. That, that holds more weight yeah. than just the occasional blowout. So to, to me, uh, I think where BYU is at right now is exactly where they would want to be. Absolutely. It, you know, and... and Another win would have been good. But yes. guess well, what? Yes. How picky you want to get. I've moved you know, on. I've moved on. BYU's, I haven't. BYU's, I played haven't. In, BYU's played in three close games, essentially. San Diego State, NC State, and uh, Utah, of course. So we'll see what – obviously going to Baylor is going to be an abrupt, like, oh, this is – And they just got worked game. by Michigan State. Yes, they really did. Kidding. They were down like, 28 worked. at halftime? Worked. What in the world? Our, uh, it's a mailbag Monday. You can send in questions about anything about BYU. If they're about sports, we're more likely to uh, answer them. Yeah. But uh, at Lauren J. Smith on X, uh, continue to weigh in. He says, when Baker, Adams, Foose, and Robinson all become available, how does that impact rotation? Who gets less playing time? Does it change the game that BYU currently plays? Great question. What do you think? I don't think it changes the way that they play. I still think they are going to try and take and make as many threes. That's just the way that the offense is set. It does with Foose. It does with – They with, will yes. dump it into Foose. When Foose is back, that will give you certainly – a an inside presence that you don't currently have from an offensive standpoint in a in a post player. Now you're they'll you're, still run five yes, out cut, yes. which is what they're running a lot with Ali Khalifa because he's unbelievable yeah. at that right now. Like you'll still be able to get points in the paint yeah. from driving yes. things like that. But, but in terms of being able to lob a pass down, have a post player go to work. That's probably the biggest change, and, it, and it's not even really a change because that's kind of how the, the offense started out anyway. You penetrate the ball in a very, various yes. ways via the pass or uh, off the dribble, right? When, um, you know, BYU, everyone gets healthy. I think Trey Stewart probably plays a little less and Atiki plays a little less. Those are my guess at who sort of has to come in for fewer minutes. So we'll see what that looks like. But again, you got to be effective when you come in. Like, there's no room in this offense for ineffective and inefficient. There's enough people so who are being in, effective yeah, and efficient. Literally yes. everyone is playing well. There's not a player where I'm like, get that guy out of here. They are all playing well, and uh, it's exciting. Dylan Olson on X. The Dylan Olson who used to work here as a student? It probably uh, is. Men's Hoops is ranked in the top 25. All the hype about being a projected three seed in the tourney, according to Lenardi. Still have Big 12 play in conference tourney. So is that three seed more fact or fiction to you? It is fact uh, as of this moment. Mm -hmm. If you're telling me, do I think BYU is going to be a three seed on Selection Sunday, I would say no. But because BYU is going to play in the Big 12. If BYU goes 11 and – or what is it in league play? Uh, you know, out of 18. 11 and 7. Like, they, they got a shot at that, but they'd probably be a 5 or a 6, I would guess, at that point. To be a three seed? <laughs> to be a three seed! You probably need to go 13 and 5 in the Big 12. Yeah. And that and that would be amazing. Listen, I'm hoping BYU goes 8 and 12 in league. I, I feel confident that that can happen. Somewhere in the 7 and 11, 11 and 7 range is where I have BYU at the moment. Yeah, I mean, at this point, all you can do is play the teams on your schedule, yeah. let the numbers speak for themselves, try and get as high as you possibly can, and then through the course of the conference season, if you lose some games, again, most of if BYU is going to lose games, very few of them are going to be considered bad losses. I don't know that there will be. I, again, I, and that very like, well may be true. Like home to West Virginia or UCF right now or Oklahoma State might 
qualify as quad three, I'd have to look at it. But, but it's not going to be. They're going to be quad one yeah. and two. Quad three loss not, is, so a, is as, a bad loss. Get yeah. as high as you possibly can, and yeah. with the inevitable slip, when other teams maybe jump you because of maybe more impressive victories, you're you're well, you're still going to be in the in the conversation. BYU is going to have more good wins this year than they've ever had in the history of BYU this year because they have more opportunities. Yeah. There's no at Pacific sitting there where you go, ah, why? <laughs> it doesn't exist. If BYU loses at West Virginia, we're like, shoot, lost that lost that quad one opportunity, that quad yeah. two opportunity. You make it up. Like, yeah. there's plenty of opportunity. Every game is St. Mary's or Gonzaga in the Big 12. Almost, almost. It's a new game. world, my friend. Yes, it is. It is a new world. Yep. All right, join us for a BYU football signing day, BYU Sports Nation special on Wednesday, December 20th at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We'll break down BYU football's 2024 signing class. It is that time of year. I'm stoked, man. There's some dudes coming in. They're going to have an impact right away on next year's season. Let's go. After the break, Spencer's conversation with Puka Nakua in LA yesterday. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And Nakua's in for it. Fourth and goal game on the line. That's, that's the opportunity we live for. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. What a season for Puka Nakua so far for the LA Rams. 87 grabs, 1,163 yards, and four touchdowns. Spencer Linton went to LA yesterday to talk with the rookie sensation after the Rams win over the Commanders. One year ago, BYU football with Puka Nakua watching from the sidelines, was celebrating a New Mexico Bowl victory over SMU in frigid Albuquerque. At that time, Nakua had some big questions in his mind. How would his health hold up? Would he have a good combine? Would he be drafted? Yes, in the fifth round of the LA Rams, and now we stand in SoFi Stadium in the heart of Los Angeles, where Nakua, in that short time frame, has quickly become one of the most popular players in the NFL. His jersey's been sold out on multiple occasions, not just in L.A., but across the entire league. And he's a legitimate NFL Rookie of the Year candidate, leading all rookie receivers in yards and catches. And now he's helping his team chase a playoff spot. Here's my one-on-one with Puka Nakua. Puka, it's hard to believe that a little over a year ago, you and I were standing on the Boise Blue celebrating your toe-touch grab to beat the Broncos, and now here you are, a member of the L.A. Rams, and then the Rookie of the Year conversation. Just how would you explain the last year of your life? Um, I want to say a movie, but it's been the life that I've been able to live, and I'm just so extremely ble- uh, blessed to be with the guys, and just the way my journey has uh, ended up, and to be where I am today, uh, winning our football game, and then just having the experience that I have, being able to catch the football and enjoy this NFL moment has been surreal, but it's been so fun. Speaking of surreal, we noticed a ton of number 17 jerseys on the way into SoFi Stadium today. And I got to ask, what's that like for you to see so many L.A. Rams fans wearing number 17 with the Nakua name on it? It's, it's a huge honor. I can't, I, my mom was able to come out to this game, so I can't, I can't wait to hear all the stories and stuff from her, being able to see our last name around the stadium. And then just the, there was a moment in the earlier part of the season where my jersey was sold out. So it's just like I couldn't believe Like At first, it's like, oh, at the Rams stadium, but it's like, oh, NFL-wise, like it was just sold out through like the whole NFL. I'm like, 
Okay, now that, that, that's, that one's like kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> what was your welcome to the NFL moment, if you had one? Yeah, it was in our Seattle game, so it was the first game of the season. We had a, we had a pool play where I was supposed to be uh, behind, right behind our lineman, and I'm leaning up for the, <laughs> the running back, and I'm going, and I look to the sideline, I'm, I'm like going in the motion, like post-snap, and the de defensive tackle just cleans me. Like, no, I didn't even see him, like hits me in my right shoulder, and then the next thing I'm looking up in the sky, like I'm on my back, and it was like a, a five-yard loss, and I'm just like, what in the world just happened? I was like, one second, I'm like, okay, I see my guy, I'm going to block my guy, and the next second I'm on my back, and where everybody, they're blowing the whistle, and I'm, I'm like, I'm defeated here. <laughs> so that was, he caught me off guard. I was like, my head has got to be on a swivel at all times. I have to see everybody because it was like, he, he I've, it felt like a very strong hit, but looking on the tape, it's like, he, he made it seem like I was five pounds out there. Like he threw me like a little rag doll and he just barely bumped me with his shoulder. So that was the moment where I was like, okay, that can't happen again. <laughs> well, the learning curve is steep, no doubt about it. And I know you've talked about that a lot, but where do you feel like you've improved the most uh, as a football player in, in that same year time frame? Um, I think in being able to be uh, more in under control and running routes and more, more body control and understanding where, where the defense is and how to, how to understand leverage and how to make my quarterback right. Number nine makes my job super easy and being able to have the elite ball placement, but being able to uh, torque my body in different ways for catches and then just being able to understand where I need to be in order to make the catch. I know Cooper, Cooper Cup has been a huge mentor for you and, and you've grown your locker next to him. What's the best bit of advice he's given to you as a receiver in the NFL? Um, Patience. That's been the number one thing is just to have patience. Um, that's been uh, in the release game, in the run game, especially I do a lot of insert blocking. So stuff where it's like, okay, the defense might have to go out or the defense, the defensive end is crashing. So trying to understand this, some of that stuff. So I'm always thinking I got to go 100,000 miles per hour to get my job done. But that's always my thing. Just have patience. Uh, the patience will clear up your picture and make your job just a little bit easier. <laughs> you just talked about the welcome to the NFL moment. Do you have a favorite moment thus far? Um... I think, uh, yeah, 100%. The, um, the Arizona game, we just put, we had them not too long ago. It's like third and maybe 20 and stuff. <laughs> but we called the duo uh, a run play, and I'm going to hit the safety. And I just remember, like, I'm like, okay, me and Buda Baker, like, he's going to come in. He put a good little lick on me, but after like, we hit, we create contact, and I, I turn around, and Kyron, our running back's busting out the backfield for 20. We get, we get the first down on, like, the third and 20 call. And I was just like, man, that block was so satisfying. Like, I was like, yes, we got him. Like, he put a good hit on me, but I was like, oh, we, we a little, not a stalemate, just standing up right there but I'm just like my job is complete and we got the first down and it's like just a little bit of exert dominance and like yeah let's go I got that one <laughs> outstanding Puka Nakua with some BYU Sports Nation uh, as you push forward in the playoff race um, what's it like to be at this juncture at seven and seven and and, and be in a, a legit spot to to get into the playoffs um, I guess it's kind of crazy. I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh, I don't watch too many other football games, but obviously we're coming up in December, and every every game is important now. Being able to have the opportunity to have important games on Sun or in December is has been fun. But I guess the mentality has doesn't change one day at a time. So super excited for. I guess we're still in the commanders. I'm still in commanders. I know we're already starting for the Saints and stuff, but I'm going to enjoy this win and relax a little bit as, fun, as much as we can. <laughs> What's it like to see your BYU brethren across the league and come across those experiences and those those conversations with those guys? It was so sweet. The first one, obviously, was with Fred, so that was a tough one, a, a huge game that we play here with the Rams and stuff, but it was a fun one. Having a, it was There was a couple of tackles where I'm at the bottom of the pile, and he's, Fred's like, yeah, Pook. <laughs> but there was a couple of times where I was on top of the pile, and I'm, I didn't say anything, but he's, I'm just like looking down, I was like, 
I can see you, Fred. <laughs> so that was super sweet. And then in India, I had my first touchdown, and that was Blake Freeland's first start. So we were planning on doing a jersey swap, but I think that was both jerseys that we would want to keep and have for ourselves. So that was so sweet. And then obviously to see Jaron do his thing in a little time that he's had, and then always with some of the older guys I've seen. I saw Zane Anderson out there in Green Bay. See, I wish I could see Tyler and stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm I know I'm forgetting guys, but it's, it's so cool to run across those guys. Especially I know we a guy from up north, but the Barton brother up there, I saw him, so that was fun. He played with my brother, so it's just been cool. All right, we'll finish with this. Uh, Kalani Satake wanted me to send his greetings to you. Yeah, I know you love Coach. Um, and, and they're coming off a tough season, first year in the Big 12. So what's your advice to Coach Satake, the staff, and all of your former BYU teammates that are still around the program as they push into year two of the Big 12? Yeah, well, I'm going to be back in the summertime where we're going to be getting some good work. But I guess one day, is, one, one day at a time is the mentality. You, can all, you, can't, win the se you can't win the season for next year um, tomorrow. So one day at a time, just win win the day that's always been the one thing and stacking those days will get you to where you want to be in December. Puka let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the playoff push for the rest of your season great to catch up with you brother. Appreciate you always go Cougs baby. <laughs> that smile is worth a million bucks. Puka Nakua will take that infectious energy and turn his attention with the rest of the Rams to Thursday night football when they host None other than the New Orleans Saints featuring, yes, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Daniel Sorensen. The BYU football brotherhood will combine once again in front of a huge national audience. And while we're talking about the brotherhood and the BYU community in general, I'll add this. The head of Rams PR said to us, I haven't seen Puka Nakua that excited all year to talk to the media. But when you guys walked in with your BYU logos and your cameras, he was super excited. So once again, there's just something special about BYU. All right, we got to go catch a plane at LAX, and you know it's super easy to get through security there. So we're going to head out for now. Take it away in Studio B. Thanks, Spence. Uh, good stuff with Puka Nakua. And, How uh, awesome is that? Smile's worth probably more than a million bucks. Uh, that dude going to get paid in the next contract after the rookie. There's no question about it. How about <laughs> the fact that his favorite moment so far is a block? Is a block. But it's not, a, it's not a catch, it's not a touchdown. He loves football, yes. like all of it. Um, it's been so fun to watch him thrive, and we've kind of wanted this with a skill position player. Frankly, it's been somewhat cathartic given what we haven't been able to enjoy with Zach Wilson in the Jets, and hopefully we will enjoy in the future with him and Jaron Hall. But like Jamal Williams with the Lions and Taysom Hill with the Saints, and now, now the Saints. It's fun to see a skill position player really get after it. And uh, these, these guys the last couple of years in the Satake era and some of Broncos guys as well, of course, are thriving, man. It's fun. This, this is how it should be, and it will continue to get even better over the next couple of seasons. The fact like. that he has become a, you know, somebody that is getting the national attention and yeah. that people know who he is and have taken note of what he's done. Way to get a jazz reference. Thank you. It was not intended, but, hey, they do play the, the Nets tonight. Well, that's why I have purple on today. Oh. Mm. You're not working for Brooklyn because you always work for the opposing I am working for teams. Brooklyn tonight. Yeah, yeah. He hates the Jazz. <laughs> uh, no, but the fact that he's getting the attention, yeah. and that, that's cool because when he gets the attention, BYU can get the attention. Look, and the one thing about Puka, we know what type of talent he had. Unfortunately, he just had to deal with some injuries while he was at BYU, which kept him from being able to play as consistently as he would have wanted. Thank goodness for him that has not been an issue so far in the NFL. Playing through a shoulder yeah. injury, too. So yeah. I, I love seeing his success because this is a guy that has the talent and now the rest of the country at the highest level is being able to see it. If you have not seen his Deep Blue or you've seen it, go watch it again. It's super emotional. It really tells you about who he is and what he's about. Good stuff from Spencer with Pukunuku. 
All right, uh, number 17, BYU basketball plays Bellarmine at the Bellarmine, right? Bellarmine. Bellarmine. From Louisville. All right, Bellarmine. Look, I had to find out where they were, and like you said, Louisville. Never heard, I'd never heard of where they were from. So All good, anyway. Bellarmine. Never heard of Louisville? At the, I've heard of Louisville. <laughs> at the Marriott Center on Friday at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage against Bellarmine begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Bellarmine. What is it? Coming up in the whip, the Bellarmine. metrics with men's hoops. And is it time for women's volleyball to occupy the Texas power vacuum? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jerem. He is Bellarmine's Jason Shepard. <laughs> Take the uh, E off so we know it's Bellarmine. Southern pronunciation. I don't ask questions. They said Louisville. Okay, then. Let's get to today's headlines. Number 18, now number 17, more on that in a minute. A BYU men's basketball beats Georgia State 86-54 to improve to 10-1 on the season. Richie Saunders led BYU with a career-high 20 points off the bench. Dawson Baker saw his first action of the year and scored six points on three of five shooting. Jackson Robinson unfortunately left the game in the first half with an ankle sprain. After the win, BYU is now number four in the net rankings, number five in Kim Palm, and as I just mentioned, up one spot in the latest AP poll to number 17. Coming up next for BYU is Bellarmine at home Friday night. Yeah, but number one in your heart if you're watching this program. Women's basketball came back from down 13 in the fourth quarter to beat Idaho State 79-76 in overtime thanks to a 21-2 fourth quarter start led by Lauren Gustin's 18 points, 21 rebounds. Kaylee Smiler's career-high 17 in an emotional win where she had eight staples put in her head and returned to the game after a first half injury and helped BYU to the win, sealing free throws late. More on that later. BYU at Missouri State, Wednesday on BYU Radio with Shep. Thank you very much. Cougars in the NFL, Zach Wilson. 27 yards on four of 11 passing, was sacked four times. It felt like more than that, to be honest with you, uh, before leaving with a concussion in the second quarter in a Jets 30 to nothing loss to the Miami Dolphins. Fred Warner had nine tackles and half of a sack for the 49ers in a 45-29 victory over the Cardinals. And Puka Nakua, who we just heard from moments ago, his interview with Spencer Linton, had five catches for 50 yards in a Rams victory over the Commanders 28-20. Tyler Ogier had 14 carries for 45 yards and a six-yard catch for the Falcons in a 9-7 loss to the Panthers. Jamal Williams had eight carries for 24 yards. Taysom Hill had a five yards of offense for the Saints in a 24-6 win over the Giants. Kyle Vanoy had two tackles for the Ravens in a 23-7 win over the Jaguars. And Sione Takitaki had five tackles in the TFL for the Browns in a 2017 win over the Bears. When we were watching the uh, the defensive intros on Sunday night, my son was there, and when, when Kyle Venno was like, Brigham University. Brigham. <laughs> Bo looks at me, he's like, did he just call it Brigham University? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's his thing. He only skipped one word there. That's right. All right, Jimmer Fredette was named the 2023 USA Basketball 3x3 Male Athlete of the Year. Jimmer helped Team USA qualify for the 2024 Paris Olympics, won a silver medal in the 2023 FIBA 3x3 Men's World Cup, and is eighth among all 3x3 players in the world in scoring. 
Name another 3x3 player for the USA. Top drawer soccer named its best 11 teams of the year. BYU's Brecken Mozingo on the first team. Olivia Wade Cato on the second team. And freshman Lynette Hernez named to the freshman team. TDS also named its top 100 players. Four Cougars made the list. How about this? Brecken Mozingo, the number two player in the country. Olivia Wade Katoa, number 21. Izzy Strat, number 41. And Leveni Vaca, number 49. Four in the top 50. Hey, love a, it. There's a reason why they were as good as they were this year. Yeah, if they don't make the turn in, they're like zero. No, BYU really good. Probably could have had a, you know another play in there. We'll see. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Brown is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, we talked about it earlier. BYU, according to uh, Joey Brackett, Joe Lenardi, a three seed in his latest Bracketology update. How long do you think BYU holds on as a three seed right now? I think the next three games. Uh, if you can get through Cincinnati and win, I don't think you'd go up to a two. But if you beat Baylor, you might go up a line to even two at this point because that win would validate you quite a bit. I know Baylor lost big to Michigan State, but that's still a, a tremendous team. Uh, didn't see where they landed in the uh, AP poll, but they were six before. I'd imagine they'd be like 10 or 11. That'd be a tremendous win. So at least the next three games. If you go and win at Baylor, now you've validated quite a bit because that would be your best win of the season. Yeah, you and I are on the same page. I think they have it going into Cincinnati. I, I, at this point right now, I'm, I'm expecting a win over Cincinnati in that home game. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I think it's going into Baylor. I, and that's, that's where you see, that's when you have your real first test. Baylor's 10, by the way, in the people. BYU up to 17, up a spot. Too low, too high, or just right? No, it's about well, How do you like your porridge in the eight people? Seventeen <laughs> uh, is my lucky number, so I'm liking it. Oh, um, my favorite prime number. Okay, all yeah. right. I figured I, you were going to say something else with 17. 17 plus. Okay, um, you've just ruined it. You've just jinxed the entire season. Seven, great, you've endangered the entire news organization. <laughs> um, I could have seen BYU at 16 or 15. You know, you beat Georgia State by 32. It's not going to make too many waves. Uh, uh, this is where I thought they would be. I thought at, at maybe best, maybe up to 16, but I expected probably move up a spot. I ain't going to be too picky at 10 and 1, you guys. This is awesome. Everything's yeah. going yeah. great. Everything is awesome. Yes. Everything is cool when you're part of a team, and uh, this team is playing great. All right, Texas women's volleyball won their second consecutive national championship yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but Texas is leaving the Big 12 to join the SEC. Thank goodness. It just got happened BYU the other, in the Big 12. It just, just happened the other That's day. That's their part of the So region. with them leaving the conference, does BYU become the premier volleyball team in the Big 12? Program, yes. The team going into next year has some questions they need to answer. Setter. Uh, Second, uh, number one middle blocker. Second outside here still needs more production. Continued development at opposite. Your libero and your primary defensive specialist graduated. So there are some massive question marks. BYU brings in top 10 recruiting classes every year, so I'm excited about that. They'll just be a little younger in this department. So BYU could win the Big 12 next year. They'd be a little young, uh, but I could see it. It could happen. Yeah, the overall program going in, I think, goes in as the premier program mm -hmm. in the Big 12. And that's exciting. It's exciting to yeah. see, look, with what volleyball, women's volleyball has done, with what women's soccer done immediately in year one, yep. that, that's exciting stuff. Those are, they won't, they will be reloading seasons for both of those teams. Correct. They hope to match. Like women's soccer, that was an all-time mm -hmm. group of players that played the last couple years. But they've had some really good talent kind of waiting for their chance. So well, get a and what Coach Rockwood does a great job of is she lets these freshmen and sophomores play. If and you're now, good enough, you if, play. If you're good enough, you're going to play. Yeah. So some of these young players that will now be put in more prominent roles, this is not new to them. And I think that's one of the reasons why Coach Rockwood's program has been so good year in and year out is because there is just constant 
rotation yes. of, of talent, and not frankly, just players. I don't want to play a ton of freshmen. Like, I want upperclassmen, you know, juniors and seniors being the ones that really lead out. If you're good enough, you play. But if you're playing a bunch of freshmen, you're not going to be that good right. in any sport. What did you learn about BYU women's basketball on Saturday's comeback win over Idaho State? You never count them out. Look, I know they didn't want to be down by 13 points to Idaho State. That was a game that, you know, you kind of thought you're going to go in and just kind of cruise. That, that was not the case. But what they showed was that regardless of the situation, they started out that fourth quarter on a 16-0 run and took the lead. They had, led by as many as six. They then lost that lead. You got to give Idaho State credit. They came back and tied it up, sent it to overtime. But in overtime, clutch free throws, you know, clutch plays from BYU's playmakers, it, that, it showed me that they are never out of any situation. They've got talent on this roster. It is a fun team to watch. Sometimes your adversity is self-inflicted. Like, and, and sometimes you give credit if you're a Discover card or whatever, Tido State. <laughs> but yeah, you have to overcome some adversity, whether that's stuff you didn't do or the other team made you do, whatever. But uh, it's good for BYU to have some of that because they're going to get into Big 12 play and go on the road and play much tougher situations than what they had Saturday. Incredible stuff from Kaylee Smiler, which we will talk about yeah. a bit later. Yeah. Amazing. Unbelievable story. All right, with Zach Wilson leaving yesterday's game with a concussion, was that the uh, the last game in a Jets uniform for Mr. Wilson? I sure hope so. Get him out of there already. Trade him. Get him a chance somewhere else. I am tired of the Jets. I was tired the moment he was drafted uh, <laughs> with the Jets. So, I, bummer for him. You don't want to see an injury, and, and a head injury is always scary a little bit. So hopefully Zach's okay, but uh, yeah, get him out of there, man. Yeah, I, I for his own sake, his own sanity, for his own health, I, I hope it is. And quite frankly, I, I haven't seen anything since last night. But now that the Jets are obviously eliminated from postseason play, why would Aaron Rodgers come back? Other than I, I to say he why, can? No, I, but like, why that in the was world? one of the biggest weird slash hokey stories of all year. Like, why, why in the world would you come back and risk an injury for a team that has no chance at a playoff right now? Uh, Get healthy, come back next year, and do, do your thing. Yeah, I officially don't care about the Jets starting today, by the way. Because <laughs> if Zach's not going to play, I don't I don't. Unless somebody else or... gets drafted really, really high by the Jets. It's true. If Kingsley <laughs> Suamati is like a second-round pick to the Jets, I start caring about Kingsley. So, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I can care about Fred, but not the Niners. I can tell you that. There there you go. All right, tune in for BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the head coach recaps the past week of games. Looks ahead to Big 12 play. Ah, yeah, we're getting closer. Thursday, 8 Eastern time on the BYU TV app as well as ESPN+. Plus. Just skipping right over Wyoming there. Okay, then. <laughs> hey, the everyone break. else does. <laughs> After the break. <laughs> Don't give Wyoming a reason to be ticked off. Hey, Weber State beat him in Laramie this week. Mailbag Monday continues. This is BYU Sports Day. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is a mail bag Monday. Uh, Brian Buss on X asked the following. What is more important now, having a top 40 or so recruiting class or a top 40 or so transfer portal for BYU football? That's well, a great question. It depends on if you're talking about immediate or long-term health of your program. I still will. Is there time for long-term health? You still have to have a foundation. You have to have a foundation. You, I learned that in primary. <laughs> How firm a foundation is what we need. All seven verses. Yes. Why no. wouldn't you play that? Uh, I'm still going to go with the top 40 recruiting class because I still think okay. it lays down your foundation and your base that you have to have. The other base... stuff is plug and play. Yeah. But if you've got that foundation there, 
Yeah, so I, I'm still good. For me personally, I'll still go the top 40 recruiting class. Portal for me, I, I feel, yeah, there's just not time. No one, no, one, like, no one has more than a year or two to mess around. No, you're right. Like, Those days are over of three and four years to get things right. Yeah, then the seat gets hot, right? And it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, how, how long can we tolerate this? You've got to win, and you've got to win now. We saw that last year. It was too many guys out of the portal probably or just didn't gel in, in certain spaces like BYU was hoping. And honestly, you're only one game away from checking the minimum threshold of success this season. You're a couple plays away perhaps, right? Um, so that's interesting, yeah. Portal, you could get a guy that left after his freshman year. Sure. You have him for three years. You have him for four. Harrison Taggart was good in that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. Our elite uh, mailbag question of the day is presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Uh, Bryson Denny on Facebook. Does BYU football need more impact players from the transfer portal or just more depth from the portal? Um, I would say probably the depth because as we've seen, BYU has had to go into that depth a lot. And it's not just since the transfer portal. It's been every year. And a lot of that was based off of the independent schedule where you're getting kind of beat up early and then you, you, you've got to have guys – you know, who'd, you, who'd you see, man, do? Uh, I just got an email. Let's see. Oh, from Tyson Jex. I'll have to read that in the break. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm, I'll probably go with, yeah. you know, that, that route for me personally. My hope is that at a, position, a given position that you're like plus two of what you need. Like, we have five starters for three spots. Therefore, it's deep. Not just, ah, we don't know from so-and-so. Hopefully, they do well. And then they come in and they don't do well. And we just don't talk about them. But... Um, like, for example, A.J. Vangpachan and Max Tooley and Ben Bywater. You lost all three starters yeah. at some point with graduation and, and injury and whatnot this year. That is, that is a lot to make up. Hopefully you get enough guys where you feel good and, and like, okay, we like Isaiah Glasker and we like Ace Kafusi and we like Mike Kafusi and we like uh, Harrison Taggart. Okay, if those are four guys, I would still like two would-be starters in there because if they're better, they should start. Um, bring in another quarterback, bring in an Aiden Robbins replacement, offensive line, you need several guys. I, to me, it's, it's like impact players, because you can be a bench player and be an impact player. The moment you get a chance, you come in and make a difference. That's the hope for, for me. Ben Cook on Instagram. How many minutes do you think Marcus Adams Jr. will see on Friday? I would say, I would say if he gets in the game, I'd like to see... If, ten, yeah. 10, 12 minutes. And this is the perfect game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, look. This, this is the perfect game. Yes. Hopefully BYU's up handily. Mm-hmm. We're Should expecting be. that, right? But that he can play, yes. Yeah, yeah give, 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 him, give him 10 to 12 minutes and yes. see what you got. Perfect. Like, and that's, that's what you want to it, – it's kind of the same thing that I said when we started the show talking about Dawson Baker. Now, is, is just, just, just seeing him on the floor is progress enough for me. Anything he does there is great. Yeah. I just want to see him on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Aggie fan Dan on X. Now that Utah's reunited, uh, the battle of the brothers rivalry with Utah State, that was never the official name. That just got made up over the weekend. Do you think BYU will follow <laughs> suit? And if so, will they start up in basketball or football rivalry first? I, I, I don't know. Do you um, want a Utah State game of football? I, I, don't, I don't need to have it. I'm okay without it. Yeah, I, I don't need to have it. I, here, here's why. Like, I, res- it, it, I respect Utah State mm-hmm. to the point I don't want to play them because they might win the game. Well, but here's the other part. I want a winnable G5 game. I want an FCS, and then I want you got to you got to win four of the other nine to make a bowl game. That's how I want this. Here's here's the you only way. are the Power Five team now. You don't need to play who you don't want to play in non-conference. Here's how I'm playing no Utah State. No road G5s anymore. I know Utah agreed to do the. They'll go to Logan once because I think they're going to Logan next year. Like if if I'm BYU, like yeah, if you want to play, you can come play three in Provo. 
Three and one? No, three. Three straight, three, three and, and zero? Problem. Yeah. It's like, you want to do that? Great. Oh, like, I just, I just don't, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, if it happens. I don't disagree. It's just not going to happen. No, it's not going to, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And yeah. I, we have no idea if, if BYU is having those same conversations with Utah State and it's something that does get it. No but. Boise State, maybe Utah yeah. State once in a blue moon. Yeah, once, Friday once night, in a while. conference weekend and Provo kind yeah. of deal. We could, old wagon wheel, if you want to. But, but Utah State's not getting more than then. one game in any series. I respect Utah State. I, I want a G5 winnable game. And I've, most years, Utah State, you feel confident in that. But Utah State's burned BYU enough to where I don't really want that yeah. game. Yeah. Come yeah. on. 100%. Come on. All right, BYU women's basketball takes on Missouri State on Wednesday at the Lady Bear Classic in Springfield, Missouri. Ah, oh, Lady Bears. Join me for the call on BYU Radio. I'll have it for you starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. After the break, the incredible story of Kaylee Smiler's game Saturday against Idaho State. She's tougher than you and I, I can tell you that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, but not Bellerman. BYU's up to 15 in the coaches' poll, but we don't care about the coaches' poll here. We don't believe they're actually voting in that. That's just the SIDs that uh, do it. Okay, uh, today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This is amazing. Kaylee Smiler Saturday. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Tell the people. I thought you wanted to tell the people. I want you call the games okay. on the radio. You All right, well, know. look. You know this, Tim. Kaylee Smiler had a laceration on the side of her head yep. going into halftime. She was down on the ground for a while. She went in. They asked her, we're going to have to staple this. Do you want us to numb it? She's like, no, just do it so I can get back out there and play. They stapled eight staples in her head. She came back out and played. Career high 17 points. Her whole family for the first time was here, and they were in attendance and be able to, from were able to see her. New Zealand. From New Zealand. Super yes. emotional. Here's yes. her after the game. Well, I got injured. Um, my family's visiting from New Zealand. This is the only game they've ever seen me play. I was like, I gotta get back out there. And she did. How about that? That Maori spirit is strong with the smile. Eight staples, Love no it. numbing agent. Love it. Our right, thanks to today's guest, Puka Nakua. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry, Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jason, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Alexa Gray. Go Cougs! What a story with Kaylee Smiley.